0: Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you. I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. Into week number two of our summer series that we're calling Summer Mixtape. And just like a mixtape, if you came early today, um, you might know that. that we had a, a fun playlist that, that, that goes on before the service and afterwards. And you guys can uh, hang out and listen to all that with us. And um, it's, a, it's a fun time. But just like a mixtape, hopefully years from now, you will hear um, some messages here that, that will, you'll, you'll look back on, that you can remember that, ha- that impact your life in this month, kind of like that, um, that song that might have the potential to do years from now as you're looking back on it. Um, and so we're, we're excited for that. It's our series for July. Um, but I have a question for you this morning to start it off. I, I wonder, have you ever had something unexpected happen? To you, I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have like, like the kind of unexpected that comes out of nowhere, right? And, and, and maybe it was good. Maybe it was a good unexpected. Maybe you got that promotion that you've been hoping for. Maybe it was shocking to you. Maybe it was just unexpected. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Maybe it was both. Maybe it was good and it was shocking. You just didn't know you, you liked it yet. Um, but uh, the other week, Cassie and I, we were, we were sitting in the living room and we we're watching one of our uh, newest favorite TV shows. I don't think she likes it as much as I do, but she watches it anyway. Uh, we're watching one of our newest favorite TV shows and I'm really engaged in it, Right. And we're sitting there, uh, and all of a sudden, we just hear, boom! And we're like, what in the world? And it wasn't fireworks, which you would think it was, but it wasn't. It sounded like a gunshot. And uh, we're just, we're like... So like any good Appalachian family, we run to the window to peek out the blinds. You know what I mean? Like just uh, see who's shooting out there. Who's out there shooting? So uh, we look out the blinds and and we don't see anybody out there. We look around. Nobody's there. Um, Eventually, we just kind of quit looking. We walk back to the couch and we just chalk that up as who knows, right? Just it sounded like it was a yard over, but we just kept on watching our show. And then last week, we're we're in the living room again, and you guessed it, we're watching our show, um, my, my show, and we're watching it, and all of a sudden, boom, and it just makes me about jump out of my socks like just startled, right? And and it sounded like another gunshot, just right outside in our backyard. And I, Cassie and I look at each other, and we're like, "What in the world is happening? Who is shooting out there?" Like we can't see anybody. Who does drive-by shootings? And you know, in, <laughs> just in the country, no, I don't know. And all of a sudden, I look at Cassie, and her eyes get real big, like that moment of realization, and she said my diet Mountain Dew in the freezer. And so it has exploded. It's completely exploded in there. And uh, yeah, it was the same thing the week before. She didn't learn from that one. So she's back there. I can talk about her. And uh, and so we have two, in two weeks, we've had two diet Mountain Dews explode in the freezer. But I tell you what, when it happened, like it scared it scared the heck out of both of us. Like it just happened in that moment, just super unexpected, um, I don't know, have you ever had a moment like that? Like, that's just been like, oh my gosh, what in the world? This is it, Lord, this is, I'm coming home, Lord. Like, what what in the world has happened? Unexpected moments, moments that you just couldn't have predicted if you tried. And you know, God loves to work in unexpected moments. not like the Mountain Dew exploding in the freezer, but he loves to work in unexpected moments where just out of nowhere, Something crazy happens and something amazing happens. And and today we're gonna to be looking at the story of one of those types of moments that, that happened to probably, if you were to read your Bible from cover to cover, probably one of the most unexpected people in your Bible. The title of today's message is Blinded by the Light. Um, just just for fun, the actual lyrics for that song, because I know you're wondering, the actual lyrics to that song, I looked it up for you, are uh, revved up like a deuce, another runner in the night. No matter what you might be thinking, I don't know what you might be thinking. When I hear it, I, I hear other words. Um, I, I won't say them, but I hear other things. Uh, but yeah, it's revved up. That has nothing to do with the message. I just thought I'd share it with you this morning, That uh, the song that you've been wondering about the, all these years. Anyway. Today we're going to be looking in Acts chapter 9. If you've got your Bible, you can flip there. If you've got your phone, swipe there. Or it's going to be on the screens to my side. That'll be fine. You can follow along up there too. Um, and we're going to be looking at the story of this man called Saul. Not King Saul. There's a Saul in the Old Testament, but there's a Saul in the New Testament. You might recognize this guy actually by the name of Paul, that his name changes later on. and, and, and But he was originally called Saul, and Saul has a very unexpected encounter with Jesus that changes everything for him. And so we're going to pick up Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 1, going all the way through verse 15. So bear with me. I want you to get the whole story here. It says this, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, who were the way was what they referred to as followers of Jesus, if he found any who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, "'Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me?' "'Who are you, Lord?' Saul asked. "'I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting,' he replied. "'Now get up and go into the city, "'and you'll be told what you must do.' The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing.' So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. You guys get it, blinded by the light? Anyway, in, in Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street, <laughs> Uh, whatever, it's just very, very, they're very creative. On Straight Street, and, uh, not, for, not Crooked Street, no, that's one street over, Straight Street. And ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he's praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he's done to your holy people in Jerusalem. Like he's like, I'm a little scared. This guy's been doing a lot of bad stuff. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles. The Gentiles are uh, anybody that was not a Jew. "...to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel." I want to give you a little background information here because otherwise you're not going to really understand the full significance of this story and of this man. This man named Saul, he was a Pharisee, which means that he was one of the high religious leaders of the Jews. Like like if anybody had their self together in the ways of following Judaism, it was this guy. Like he he knew the law. He had memorized it and he lived it. In fact, he would say in the Bible, in, in one of the letters that he writes, he would say, that he lived the law perfectly, that he knew it all and he, would, he lived it to the fullest extent of the law, that he was the most Jewish of the Jews. And after being a Pharisee, uh, as a result of that, he also set himself against Jesus, like the Pharisees were the ones that took Jesus to the cross. And he had set himself against Jesus, and and, and once Jesus had ascended after his resurrection, Saul had set himself against the early church, the first Christians, uh, what they would call the way. Saul set himself against them as well, and when, when I say set himself against them, like he he was, the, he was the number one, many believe, persecutor of the first Christian church. Like, he was present during the murder of a guy named Stephen in Acts chapter 7, who was the very first martyr, the very first person that was killed for being a Christian, He was present there and and Saul had dedicated himself to tracking down Christians and either stoning them like they did Stephen or he would throw them in jail because of the claims that they made about Jesus being the son of God and Jesus being the savior of the world. And so Saul goes on his way to a place called Damascus and he was on a mission to go and throw the, the, the people, the followers of the way there. He was on a mission to go throw them in jail too. And on his way, he had a very sudden encounter with Jesus. He saw this flash of light and he fell to the ground. And instantly in that moment, he couldn't deny the deity of Jesus anymore. He couldn't deny that Jesus was actually who Jesus said he was. And in that moment, Saul's entire outlook was changed. And Jesus gave him this command. He said, Saul, go into the city. And he said, find this man named Ananias, and, and, and then you're going to find out what's next. And the only problem was that Saul had been blinded by the light when he, had, when he had fallen. And so Saul gets led into the city. He meets this man named Ananias. Ananias goes to him on uh, Straight Street. And, and Jesus, Jesus had told Saul that Ananias was going to be coming to him in a vision. And then Ananias comes, he lays hands on him, and Saul is cured from his blindness. And then the Bible says that Saul was then baptized by Ananias. Like, talk about an unexpected moment. The very person that had been uh, denying Jesus and persecuting people um, and and just causing all bunches of havoc to the, the church... The the person that you'd been persecuting appears right before you, right in front of your face. And in a moment, everything you thought you knew changes. As we look at the story today, I got three points that I want to bring attention to. And and we're going to use this story as our example this morning. Number one, I want you to know that, that God encounters are rarely planned, they're very rarely planned. Like, you don't get to prepare yourself <laughs> many times when, when you have a life-changing encounter with Jesus. Have you, have you ever had a moment where God showed himself to you in an unexpected moment? You know, God loves showing himself in, in moments that we haven't prepared for and we can't plan on them. Like, because there, there's absolutely no doubt if god shows himself in a place where we've prepared like we could probably we could try to take the credit but but when god shows himself in just an unexpected moment a moment that we haven't planned we have haven't prepared for there's no doubt about it that it was god who showed up that it was god who did the work that god was the center of the story and not us and over and over and over in the Bible, God shows himself to people, and these people had zero clue that they were about to encounter the Almighty. From, from Abraham, he was, he, Abraham was over 90 years old, and he had an encounter with God, and God said, You're about to have a kid. He's like, What are you talking about? Anyway, that's another story. Uh, Moses, well, yeah, some of y'all are like, please God, never do that again. <laughs> I'm only 35 and I don't want another one, Lord. <laughs> 35 but going on 60 because all these kids. Anyway. Moses, Moses, this guy named Moses, he was out tending his father-in-law's flock. He was just being a good shepherd. And he has an encounter with a, bu- with a burning bush, like right there in the road, just this crazy thing. Like, what in the heck is happening right now? And Jacob was on the run from his brother Esau. Like, he's running from him because he thinks Esau's going to murder him. And he actually gets into a wrestling match with God himself. That's, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to challenge the rock, you know, much less the rock you know you know what i'm talking about anyway stupid preacher jokes sorry anyway but the list goes on and on there's there's so many people in the bible that that god encounters in an amazing way and they couldn't have planned on it if they want to God loves to do things in the way that we don't expect. In fact, he says it like this in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The way that God sees things and the way that God understands things is so much different than the way that we see things and the way that we understand things. And the good thing is that his way is always better. Like the way that he sees things and understands things, it's always better than what we do and, and many times, the reason that God will show up in the unexpected is because we didn't understand how God was showing himself to us. We didn't, we didn't understand how he was moving in our lives. And so we have this moment uh, of unexpected encounter that changes everything. And if, take Saul, for example. He was positive that he had it all figured out. 100% positive. There was no doubt. There was no doubt until he saw the i, I believe the, the until he saw stephen get martyred i believe that planted the first seed in saul of of who uh, of jesus who he really was and anyway but but saul was positive he had it figured out like he'd been following the law so much so that he was locking people up for for not following his way for for claiming to follow a heretic like like He was locking people up. He had it all figured out. His way was right. And the followers of Jesus were all wrong. But then he had an encounter. And in that moment, everything changed. What he thought he knew was not the reality at all. And this is the danger of when we think we have it all figured out. Because just when you think you've got it all figured out, just when you start to get a little bit of ego over your knowledge, you start getting a little puffed up about it. God will show Himself to you in some way, and He shows you, one hundred percent, in that moment. You did not have it figured out. You did not have it figured out at all. So, so here's what we do: we have to keep ourselves humble. We have to always assume that we don't know everything in every situation. We, we say it this way around here regarding our beliefs as Christians. We say it this way we say that in our essential beliefs, we have unity, like the most important things, the heaven or hell issues. We have unity there. We all believe that. In our non essential beliefs, we have liberty. There's a lot of things that Christians argue about that who cares? Like, who really cares? There's, there's just so much trauma. And let me tell you something. We're stuck arguing with Christians about these silly matters on Facebook and who is watching those posts other than people that are just putting, racking up an account against Christians as to why they didn't go to church this week. And we're arguing about the color of the carpet. We're arguing about if we want to have the lights off or the lights on. It's silly. We're arguing about whether women can preach the gospel. Sorry, if you're, anyway, Baptist leadership. We're arguing about whether women can preach the gospel from a stage or not. And there's people that are going to hell every single day as they're dying and don't know the hope of Jesus. Guys, there are non-essential beliefs that we don't need to argue about. We have liberty. You don't have it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. In our essential beliefs, we have unity. In our non-essential beliefs, we have liberty. But in all of our beliefs, we have humility. We know we, we don't have it figured out. We, have, we keep ourselves open. We keep ourselves open for new perspectives. You don't have to latch on to every new perspective. But man, there shouldn't be a moment where you're not willing to hear one. Like... I'll tell you, I, I had, a, I had a, um, a class in, in, in college that um, was ethics and my ethics professor, I took on a, I had my, my final term paper and I had to write um, uh, where I was for or against a certain issue. I'm not gonna say what that was, um, but because it was a real, it was one that tears people apart all the time. So I had to write if I was for or against it and my professor professor, um, I was against the issue, but my professor made me write it from the foreside. Like, <laughs> I said, why'd you make me do this? I said, I, I don't know if I can write this. I'm actually against it. She said, good, that's exactly what I want. Because what will really happen is as you examine this, if you're really against it, this is only going to solidify your, your argument. This is only going to solidify that truth in you. And I want to tell you this, you don't have to be afraid of other people's beliefs, Because if they're right, they're going to add to you. But if they're wrong, that's only going to make your belief stronger. It's all right. But all of our beliefs, we have humility. We don't have it figured out. So we got to keep ourselves humble. Keep yourself available to God because he wants to show up in your situation when you least expect it. Number two, I want you to know this, that, that God calls everybody and can use anybody. God calls everybody and can use anybody. That God calls everybody means that you, no matter who you are, you are valuable to God. And he is constantly inviting you into his life and into his mission. And then God can use anybody. That means that you're never too old, you're never too young. You're never too unqualified, you're never too smart, you're never too uneducated, you're never too messed up, you're never too perfect for God to use. That God wants to use your life to change the world. And there's none of us that are sitting in this room that are disqualified from God using us to do it. Never write yourself off. I'm telling you, cut yourself some slack and never write yourself out of the story of God. He hasn't written you off. We write ourselves out of his story. We we you are the only person that has the power to write yourself out of God's story. You are the only person that can take yourself out of what God wants to do. God can use you, but you have to let him. And let me tell you, God loves calling the most unqualified people to accomplish the most amazing things. He says it like, it's actually said like this, this guy named Paul, he writes this letter to the church in in Corinth. And he wrote this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 29. He says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Think of the person that you were. Not many of you were wise by human standards. I don't know if that was like a burn or what, but it seems like it. A little jab. I don't, y'all were a little bit dumb. Okay, Not many of you were very smart. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world. At this point, I'm like, let up, Paul. Okay, I get your point. Anyway, God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are are so no one may boast before him. God loves calling unqualified people to do amazing things. In fact, when you think you've got it all together, God is going to put you in a situation that's over your head so you can find out you don't. And you got to lean on Him. And that's the point. You're unqualified. You're unable. But God can. If you don't feel like you're enough, you are exactly where you need to be for God to use you in amazing ways. All you got to do is to lean into his power, to lean into his wisdom, to lean into his strength. And you can accomplish anything that God is calling you to do. The worst thing that you can do is disqualify yourself because of your lack of confidence. You don't need to have confidence in yourself, anyways. You need to have confidence in God. Have, have confidence that if God calls you to it, he will see you through it. You, by yourself, don't have the power to change anything, but you, with God, have the power to change everything. God calls everybody, and he can use anybody. And then finally, number three, Jesus will never stop pursuing you. He'll never stop. And I don't mean like the threat. That ain't like a threat. That's that's a promise. That's like Jesus is, no matter what you do, and this isn't just a promise for me, this is a promise from God that, that there is nowhere you can go that is so far that God would ever want to give up on you. He won't. He's never going to give up on you. Psalm chapter 139 verses 7 through 12 say it like this. The writer here, his, uh, David, King David, he writes this. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? He's saying, I can't go anywhere. I, I can't run from your presence if I wanted to. the night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. Even when you're running, even when you're hiding, even when you're actively doing things that you shouldn't be doing, God is right there and he is still reaching out to you. He's he's trying to get you to turn to him. There's nowhere you can go that God is not going to follow. There's nothing you can do that's going to get God to give up on you. He's already paid the highest price for your life. And he did it knowing that there's going to be some people that don't accept it, that don't follow him. But he did it anyway. There's nowhere you can go Everywhere you go, surely goodness and mercy, they're going to follow you. Not wrath and anger and punishment. That's not the God that I serve. Goodness and mercy. He's following you. He loves you. And there's nothing that you can do to run from him. He's like that annoying younger brother that everywhere you go, he's like right on your heels and you're trying to walk and you, he's kicking the back, he's running the shopping cart into the back of your ankles and you're like, you do that again, I'm taking the shopping cart away. Like God is there and he's right there and he doesn't want you to forget it. And I love the story of Saul. I love the story that we, look, that we looked at today because it tells us that we can see that even when we are opposing God, even when we're actively setting ourselves against God, He doesn't give up on us. Some of us have run in here, but I don't know too many of us that have actively set ourselves against God and I think it just broke the stage. unexpected moments to say Michael lose some weight. Lose some weight. I'm down a few pounds, okay, Jesus? Lord, you know. Anyway, even when we're opposing God, actively setting ourselves against him, God is still right there, and he doesn't give up on us. And I know it from experience. I I ran from God for so many years. I was an atheist thinking that I had it all figured out. I was too smart for Christianity. It doesn't make sense. I didn't, I didn't, I was too strong. I didn't need that crutch of religion to make me feel accomplished in life. And I lived like that for the first 15 years of my life until two days after my 16th birthday. God showed up in my life in a very unexpected moment. In a very unexpected way and I look back on my life now and I can see all throughout my life not just since I've been following him all throughout my life I can see that where God was there and God was gently trying to guide my steps like I look back on my life and, and I can see so many avenues of where, where God would direct me right to where I'm at today Like, I, like I, I grew up in Florida. I almost came to wrestle for Campbellsville University. Like, it's just, it's, it's crazy the, the ways that God will get you to where you need to go. He's not giving up on you. No matter where you're at, whether you're following Him right now and doing your best, or whether you're actively opposing Him right now, God is not done pursuing you. He's not done using you. even if you set yourself against god he's still pursuing you second timothy chapter 2 verse 13 says this that even if we are faithless he remains faithful even if you got nothing left in the tank even if you got no hope left no belief left no faith left god will remain faithful to you because that's who he is When you don't know what to believe, God is still there. When you get angry at him, God is patient with you. When you run from him, God will still pursue you. And let me tell you, he's not scared of your questions. And he's not mad at you for having them. He's right there. Like a patient, loving father waiting for you to turn to him. God's not scared of your life. He values your life. No matter what you think, God has never given up on you. And he never will. He's always there. He's always present. He's always waiting for the moment that you'll turn to him. And his hope, and I'll say unashamedly, my hope for you today is that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, the hope is that you would turn to Him today. Maybe you didn't even plan to be in church today, but here you are. This could be your unexpected moment where God changes everything. Whether God is calling you to turn to Him for the first time or whether He's calling you to something new and scary in your life, trust Him, He's there. he's patient he's waiting on you and he's pursuing you because he never gives up on us well thanks for joining us today i pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life if you want more information about our church you can check us out online at summitview.online we hope we get to see you on a sunday very very soon but until then have a great week